Hello, and welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast, hosted by Enterprise Management Associates, an industry-leading IT analyst research firm that provides deep insights across the full spectrum of IT and data management technologies. The Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast will take a deep dive into the security topics that are top of mind for information security practitioners, IT professionals, and technology business leaders. Join security experts Chris Steffen, VP of Research at EMA, and Ken Buckler, Research Analyst at EMA, for some truly awesome topics. Chris and Ken, take it away. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome to the Cybersecurity Awesomeness Podcast. I am your host. My name is Chris Steffen. Joining me today is my friend and colleague, Mr. Ken Buckler. Ken, how are you doing this fine feathered day? I'm absolutely fantastic. How are you today, sir? You know what? It couldn't be any better. And we're going to talk a little bit today about something that has actually come up a number of times in conversations that I have had recently. With the economy being the way that it is, it is prime time for companies to acquire each other. And what do I mean by that? The days of having a standalone company that starts from a startup and goes all the way to past unicorn status to being the Goliath that is, you know, your Amazons and Microsofts and Cisco's and so on and so forth. Those days are pretty much over. What ends up happening is your company, your little company that's doing something quite brilliant, by the way, that's, that's not a shot at any little company at all. In fact, exactly the opposite of that. You're seeing those companies being acquired because of their innovation. And the way that some of these bigger companies with those capital resources are spurring their innovation is not internally, again, that there's obviously big exceptions to that, but you're seeing it happen more and more. They're going to purchase the innovators and integrate them into their existing environment. And the reason that we're talking about this specifically is that if you are forward thinking enough that you've used one of these smaller companies to solve a niche problem or quite frankly, just solve a problem better than, than anybody else might be solving, but that company is acquired, then what do you do? And so I wanted to talk a little bit about that, Ken, how you see the market taking and playing out. Are you seeing some of the same kind of things? And then we'll talk a little bit about what advice we can give users, security professionals, IT professionals, how to deal with it when this happens to them. So again, we'll start with a little bit. I know you're at a conference this week. Talk to me a little bit about when you're talking to people on the ground, are they talking about this as well? Are they talking about the fact that the little company that they're using that does a great job is in the process of being acquired? Well, you know, I, I know it's something that certainly can be on people's minds. Now, now the conference that I'm uh, going to this week, it's it's more focused on artificial intelligence. And we'll I'm sure we'll talk about that in a future podcast. But, uh, you know, a lot of the challenges that are actually seen as far as mergers and acquisitions go are actually not that unique for the, the security industry. Now, granted, some of the, the, the resulting problems will actually be unique to the security industry, but I actually think of it a lot more. The first thing that really comes to mind is I think about cell phone carriers, okay? All we see in cell phone carriers get bought out or merged with other cell phone carriers. And one of the things that immediately comes to my mind when I see one of these that's going to affect me, is how is this going to affect my customer service relationship with the company? Because when you when you purchase a product, you're not just purchasing that product. You're also purchasing the support that goes along with that product. And what could end up happening 
is, you know, you were getting absolutely fantastic support from this small company, and all of a sudden you might find, oh, well, now I have to wait in line in the queue in the on the phone and wait for somebody to answer my call. And it might be 24-7 support still, but you have to wait four hours for that 24-7 support. Is that really worth it? Um, so that's going to be one of the immediate challenges that I think that uh, organizations might have to overcome when it comes to mergers and acquisitions is a change in the quality of the support. And now your contract's not going to change, but the quality might. That's right. And, and I know one of the things that I, I don't have any particular research on this specifically, but I would argue, especially as my time as a CIO and my time as an IT professional, that there are, for any particular problem, there are 20 solutions, right? And they all have their, their ups and downs. But one of the things that always takes and sets them apart is what kind of customer service that they have, what kind of support are they offering? And if I get really, really quality support, even like in a proof of concept, if you can go through a proof of concept and the support is really, really strong, pretty good chance that that same kind of support is going to be available. You mentioned something in particular that I wanted to touch on. When you start talking about the small to medium-sized companies that are out there, when I have a particular support issue, I pick up my cell phone, I dial Bob. Bob is an engineer. Bob helps me fix my problem, and I'm on my way five minutes later. Bob very likely helped develop the solution to begin with, or he's their number one support person. He can literally take and code this solution, program this solution, support the solution in his sleep. In fact, he probably does dream about it in his sleep, which is another whole set of problems. But the reality of it is, is that I get to call that guy at a moment's notice to help me solve my problem. When I become part of the big box of widgets, then that is a problem because I can't necessarily just call Bob anymore. I have to go through a support number. I have to go through some automated queue that we all hate more than life itself. And getting a hold of a person can be a real challenge. So I think that that point is also really, really challenging and something that has to be addressed. Now, with that said, it's also very possible that even if a company is not acquired, that if they're starting to grow so large that they should have been acquired by someone, it might actually be a blessing that they got acquired because then there's additional support infrastructure behind that company now, where otherwise their team might actually end up just getting completely overwhelmed and you end up with more support challenges. So it's a, it's a very thin tightrope that you have to walk on that. And, and that's something you have to think about too is, don't always look at a, an acquisition as a negative because it's very possible that that acquisition could end up bolstering the resources of that company instead of taking away from the customer experience. Yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit. So I know one of the problems that I am hearing and, and wanted to discuss specifically is that now we're owned by this big, huge company and there's concerns about service. And we kind of just talked about that. But what do I gain from the transaction? Is there additional goodness that comes from a merged product? Let's, let's take a, a, a contrived example. But let's say that you're talking about a company that bought some, some specific software and they're merging that software into their overall solution set. 
And now their overall solution set is this huge thing. Well, in theory, you get to still have access to the product that you ordered, but now maybe you have access to that entire solution set. That could be a really good thing. On the other side, maybe you're at a maturity level in your organization that having that product now as part of a overall larger solution set, maybe that's a negative. So there's two sides to that. And I guess what I would recommend, and, and Ken, I'm interested in, in hearing what your thoughts are, you need to be having that conversation very early on and find out what happened with the acquisition, how is it going to impact me, and what are you going to do to make my life better kind of thing. Yeah, and that conversation needs to be happening almost immediately as soon as you hear about the, the possibility of an acquisition, um, just because it takes so long to transition from one platform to another for anything. And, you know, the, the other thing that, that really uh, something you need to ask questions about is, and I hate to say this, but the other thing you need to ask the questions about is not just how is this going to affect my experience, how is this going to affect my pricing? Are they all of a sudden going to quadruple the price of the, the support agreement because they're giving me access to the rest of the suite? Well, that's not good. Now I know I have to leave this product because I need to find something else that's going to be more affordable unless I can get rid of the three other things that, that are under the same solution suite. That's right. One last thing that I wanted to mention, and because again, it came up with the people that I've been talking to, is how do you hear about acquisitions and so on and so forth? I, I know that in our roles, Ken, you and I, it's relatively easy because the second that there's an acquisition, the company that is being sold and the company that is doing the acquiring uh, usually contacts us to say, hey, this is a cool thing. Do you want to know about it? So on and so forth. Great. Okay. Not everybody can be an industry analyst. I understand that. How do we pay attention to it otherwise? And I know that, Ken, you have some really interesting solutions from some of the news aggregation, so on and so forth. I, the, the one that I wanted to mention specifically is making certain that people are doing some kind of regular automated based search using the Google search or, or whatever have you on the companies that are in your environment. Don't just limit it to ones or twos. If you have a solution, put a search in your news and then you can find out if they have new offerings, if something you know strange is going on in the business, but also about potential acquisitions, about breaches, about whatever have you. And having that automated solution help you do that is at least a step that you can take for every solution in your environment that you're probably not taking today that would maybe give you some insight that might be helpful. Yeah, I have Google alerts set up for certain news topics. Now, I take those alerts and dump them into a uh, RSS feed, which I then actually display on a, on a web page. But, uh, you know, something you can do is you can go into Google alerts and you can set up email alerts for certain topics. And, you know, that's absolutely invaluable to be able to monitor not just your own brand reputation and news, but also the, the reputation and news of your vendors. You I can know, tell you that that's the first thing I do every day, right? And I know that you do too. I get, I, I don't want to exaggerate it, but it must be 20 or 30 emails from various alerts that say, here's what's going on in the world, right? Here is where your name is mentioned. Here is where your company's name is mentioned. Here is where the company that you're doing business with is mentioned. Here is where the topic of 
let's pick on zero trust. I mean, as part of the CSA, I'm constantly looking for new innovations in zero trust. So I have an alert on that, so on and so forth. I get a pile of those every day. Great. All automated, no brain damage on my part. And nine times out of 10, it's stuff that I don't necessarily have to care about. But, you know, every day there's a nugget or two that makes it worthwhile to take and pay attention to them. Well, and I'm also going to say, don't restrict it to searching just news. Do full web search with it. And, and the reason I say that is that at the same time, you might get early warning about a data breach. You might get early warning about something like, oh, hey, this company's info just got leaked on this forum over here and Google picked it up. Well, now, not only have you been forewarned, now you can actually get a, an in with your vendor and say, hey, did you guys know this was going on? And chances, probably about 50-50 maybe, whether they know it's going on or not. But now that actually gets you on better terms with your own vendors and possibly get you a little bit better treatment when you have support issues. Absolutely. Well, again, I good stuff in general. I know it's kind of a little bit off security in specific. I just know that it's a major topic in the security world right now. I would recommend that same kind of alerting like you mentioned from using it from a security aspect anyway, because it's very, very valuable to do that. But great topic, great conversation, and one that was organically brought to us by people that have listened to the podcast. So hope this has been useful. Hope that the uh, topic was interesting and uh, look forward to talking about this and future topics in the future. With that, have a great day. Thanks, Chris and Ken, for all your great insights on today's topic. Make your next podcast awesome when you work with EMA security experts Chris Steffen or Ken Buckler. Educate your prospects, differentiate your solution, and add the credibility of a third-party expert to your message. Visit cybersecurityawesomeness.com to listen to past episodes.